What's going on, misfits? It's been a long time since I left you with a podcast to pod, too. Yeah, I didn't think that out, but so what? I'm not a rapper, okay? I'm many things, but that's not it. I am back after a hiatus. And the funny thing is, is I taped this podcast before this hiatus because I took one before and then I came back and then I didn't get a chance to edit it because I was writing on a television show for the past couple weeks. So I was in the depths of Georgia, honey, trying to save myself from the spirits. Um, I was on a plantation. I mean, it was a lot going on, but this podcast held up well. It's so entertaining. Our guest is Naruta Williams, comedian. He is the producer of the Harlem Comedy Festival. Super smart. We're talking about why athletes cheat, the power of fame, why we put so much faith in religion, and how to be a financially responsible drug dealer. All that and so much more. It's a long one. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit, hosted by me, Chloe Hilliard. Today, we are joined by a Harlem native, which is very different from a Brooklyn native, and a comedian, and a comedy festival organizer, yeah. and all around... Uh. How would you explain yourself? Um, I don't know. Uh, all around, uh, all around guy. Just all around guy. Just an all around. Okay, guy. fine. Naruta <laughs> Williams is here. Naruta Williams, thank you for joining us today. Ah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Are we going to act like um, we didn't do this yesterday and I accidentally <laughs> deleted the episode and you came back the next day? <laughs> I was down to play along if you were. <laughs> no, no, people need to know. I, like a dingbat, deleted the first 30 minutes of this episode that we recorded yesterday and Neruda was so kind to come oh. back because he's an all-around guy. Yeah, basically. And probably has an unlimited metric card, so. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, Neruda, we had such a great conversation and we're going to just do what we did yesterday okay. it's going to be amazing um so please read us your post okay here we go your favorite athlete is probably a sociopath your favorite entertainer is probably a pervert your favorite politician is probably a liar and your god is vengeful and needy start looking in yourself for ideology and to those that care about you for an inspiration Naruto also has the um the golden radio voice <laughs> i was like remember that homeless man remember that homeless man that that he had the voice and everybody trying oh, to yeah. save him because of his fucking voice. That's right. Like that's right. people don't take into consideration like all the other crazy shit going on in your life. Like they was going to give him a house and a job because he had that voice. Yeah. And then I think he fucked it up because he was still like, yeah. crazy. Right? You can't. Yeah. There's also a documentary with uh, a white guy. It was always a white guy. A white guy gave a homeless man $100,000 to change his life and then filmed a documentary about that guy and the homeless man spent all the money. Of and, course. Like, gave it away and like was living in a hotel and just... You can't give people that much power. Just, yeah, you really can't. And also, I I feel like money itself is 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 a tool, and just like any tool set, yeah. you have to know how to use it. You know what I mean? Like you have of to course. learn to use it. I feel like the same thing happens with people who win like the lottery or whatever. Mm. Like they're broke in like a year usually. Yeah. 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 yeah that's why they tell you not to do the lump sum. They tell you to do the, the annual. Yeah. yeah. So then you can be on a budget and have a financial planner that makes sense that makes sense i'm sure most people don't do that though. most people don't do that yeah because you get all the lump sum and then everybody want to come for you and you end up getting killed and yeah. whatever crazy shit happens you don't right. understand taxes you don't understand any of that i hardly understand it 
I don't even want to talk about taxes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this post. Your favorite athlete is a sociopath. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so what I mean by that is that I feel like uh, we we put these people on pedestals and we are disappointed when they turn out to not be, you know, uh, what we imagine them to be, mm-hmm. you know, these heroes that we imagine them to be. And uh, with athletics in particular, especially American sports, I feel like it breeds a toxic man- masculinity that leads to violence and, and, and violent behavior. And also this cutthroat mentality that you have to win by any means. Yeah. And I think that that permeates through society, not only because we, you know, we herald their successes and, and our, our hurt, we riot their failures, but also because we put our kids into the like into this into this basically farm system mm-hmm. from you know from the age of five and and then expect them um, to behave like normal and adjusted you know uh, people in a society after after having that experience for twelve years. Well, it's hard because also every athlete knows their value like they know their monetary value, mm-hmm. so they say they know exactly like you and I. I have no idea how much I'm worth. Yeah, but well, they know. Yeah. How, well, he's like, uh, it's attractive too. Uh, <laughs> there's lint in my pocket. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but nobody is like trading for us. Like, yeah, I got in the world of comedy, no one's like, "Yo, I got having a root on my show because mm-hmm. that's going to guarantee me 18 well, applause breaks." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can't no, quantify us. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. So when you know your value, you, you I guess you would go about life like you know like a king like everything mm-hmm. has to meet your standard and if not you can just take it because you have the yeah. the, the means to pay people off yeah and you've been valued in that way again i think for so long that even before they knew their true mm-hmm. value i mean because yeah i i mean i i'm i'm a part of the problem like i watch i watch aau ball like i watch little Why? fucking seven eight year olds because kevin, Gar- kevin garnett said aau ball has destroyed basketball it probably has it definitely has it definitely has but it's also given me because i can't go around to all the little schools and see who the next prospect is going to mm-hmm. be and i watch the mcdonald's all-american and you know i, I watch you know who, who who's committing to what college or that when march madness comes around and you know what i mean like yeah. i follow these because i follow lebron since we were little like you yeah. know what i mean um so did you see the documentary about the guy who didn't make it I think he's yes. the same year as Carmelo. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, what was his name? Uh, we were so sad. Yeah. It was yeah. a thir- I think it was a thirty it was a thirty for thirty or no? Was it a thirty? Was it a thirty for thirty? It might have been a thirty for thirty, but I forget his name. But yeah. Um he was nice. And he like he like, for instance, played LeBron in AAU. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um Yeah. But yeah, so it has. But but what I'm saying is, is this that like, yeah, so it's like but these kids when they're in junior high school and high school and on the team and traveling ball they they're treated like kings at that age and they you know what i mean like because of the imagined value that they yeah. will have mm-hmm. and i think that that changes your mentality you know i think that changes how you look at life you know what i mean like cuz it doesn't start when they got when they get drafted to the league you know no which is why we have this monster named Lavar Ball yes who is a hot damn mess and he's going to ruin it for his kids so you think LeVar Ball is failing his kids, but... He's failing his kids because... Okay, so he wanted a billion-dollar contract <laughs> for all three of his sons, but not just a contract being signed to the top three shoe companies. Yeah. He wanted them to endorse his brand, the LeVar Ball brand. Yeah. Which, it sounds like it sounds like an old man giving you his email address, <laughs> and it still has, like, sexydaddycat59 at AOL.com. 
If you don't take that damn AOL, <laughs> Earthlink.net, get that fucking old shit out of here. Talk about, check out check out me playing the guitar on my MySpace. Yeah, uh, and and buy my shoes. Um, I, yeah, it's ridiculous. And like he wanted like a like a, a licensing deal for his company. And but see, this goes back to what we just opened up with, which is that you can't teach financial education. I mean, no. you can't you can't just assume financial education you have to know how to do that you know what i mean yeah. like and he had a if he, i promise you if he had a proper proposal that made monetary sense and you know looked like it had gone over with an accountant and a lawyer if they might have even given it a shot they would have given him incentives if he had not first of all if he had not gone public yes okay you have to not be public with it you have yeah. to keep it low close to your chest when you have these meetings with them say listen Ideally, this is what I like. I think I feel like all three of my boys are going to be really strong athletes. I would like to do a rolling contract with incentives in total be a billion dollars. Yeah. So you give me X amount for the first son. When his second son declares his thing, you give me X amount. You know, you give me you give me 30 million for the first son, 30 million for the second son. thirty, And then after that incentives on whatever. But he didn't he's never going to give that control to anybody else. And he's going to end up fucking his kids up. Mm yes yeah, first of all one of them boys step on that on that court court yeah in the nba yeah they are going to get shitted on oh yeah yeah i mean he's already made them targets all over the league he said that they were better than steph said they were better than john wall he said that the lebron's kids aren't gonna be as good as them and lebron was like keep my, my kids, kids out of your, your motherfucking mouth, mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo all that is funny games is fine but keep my kids out your mouth. <laughs> don't talk about my kids don't you ever in your life yeah see that's where he's a problem he needs to stay in his lane lavar he should just coach his boys and make his boys little basketball robots and then leave the business side to people who know what they're doing like a, a manager yeah. and an agent um but again, this is where we get into like, you know, commodifying these kids and then we get adults who, you know, rape, murder and steal. There's NFL players on the Ravens a couple years ago who like got got arrested for stealing TVs. These niggas got million dollars. Yeah. Well, and it's like Michael Vick did the whole yeah. dog thing. It's like you don't really know. You don't really know. Yeah. So so I just feel like we get we get distracted and we start putting these people on pedestals and then you get disappointed. But do you think that a lot of these athletes do this because they have the money or are they just knuckleheads? Huh. Hmm. I mean, look, I mean, Aaron Hernandez stands yes. out. But I feel like he would have been a gangbanger whether he was in the league or not. I think he would have. I think he would have. But I mean, also, he was, been, he was involved with over five shootings since yeah. he was 17 years old. That's crazy. Um, and he, at the same time, he was playing football since he was seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? But see that, but see his community failed him because everybody knows when somebody's a star athlete in a community, the hood is supposed to circle around him and say, y'all protect him. Yeah. He, I don't want you doing what I'm doing. So his community failed him. The Sh- thugs wasn't doing a thizzle. <laughs> Boys in the hood. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I guess so, but I think, at a certain point, it's also like some of these guys come off like they've got it all going on. You know what I mean? Like your yeah. average drug dealer on the corner nowadays is looking up to these dudes. You know what I mean? Like, looking up I, to these athletes who are. Yeah. Wasn't it? You remember there was, there was a football player that was selling weight. I believe it. Pushing weight who, and got busted because he sold it to an undercover cop. Yeah. Knucklehead shit like that. I feel like it comes with this. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, that's the hood kind of being like, well, you know what I mean? Ain't nobody going to be looking at you. You know, niggas always look. It's hot over here. It's hot over here. It ain't hot on you. You know, you you big time playing for the Giants. Yeah. Then yeah. You, then you get busted. Then you get you're busted. It if, you play, if you're an NFL player and you're making a million dollars, even if you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you should not be doing hand-to-hand drug exchanges. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't I saw be. a drug exchange the other day. I was driving uh, by the 59th Street Bridge, and it was one of the side streets, middle of the day, and it was a guy in a car, and then two guys walked up to him, and then they gave him a duffel bag, and he gave him, like, an envelope. And I was like, I was, I was, somebody was in a car, I was like, oh, but that was a drug deal that just happened. They were yeah. like, what? <laughs> what, what do you mean it was like listen niggas don't be just handing off double bags nah without exchanging envelopes yeah like you it's weird because when you do see Dude. a drug exchange you're like oh you know what it is i feel like when i see a drug exchange it feels like i'm in the matrix like i'm living in my regular life in mm. like regular civilian world and then like somebody peels back a layer for a second and you see like the the black market cd underground interesting because like interesting. when i was a kid and i heard black market i thought that that was like a thing i thought the black market was a thing oh like a different <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like a place you could go like to. a place you can go to <laughs> like you went and got these tvs on the black market i yeah. don't know like when you went and sold shit i thought it was a place yeah i didn't know no. i don't know how people get tapped in i also don't know how people have the phone number to the fbi like oh i called the fbi like where the fuck is their number listed at did you just call them the fbi and channel 7 news i don't know how to call fbi but i mean you know yeah, I mean, I spot. I mean, I I walked and hung out the other day in a dice game, like a like a like a CeeLo dice game, mm-hmm. and it just I was just drinking and chilling, and then I when the police pulled up, I realized, oh, this is <laughs> these niggas, oh these niggas doing something illegal. This is just a part of my life, though. Wait, dice games are illegal? Yeah, yeah. Number one, you're gambling outside. Oh yeah. Number two, you're causing a disturbance with with I guess. Your voices and you know niggas getting hot CeeLo trips, but though, but don't you remember growing up CeeLo was the shit? Like yeah. people played it on every corner, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. All you needed was a flat, uh, two flat surfaces. Yeah, <laughs> like, or they put the cardboard down. Or you put on the cardboard. Yeah, mm, yeah. old New York. Don't you miss it? Uh, I I I do I do. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm happy there's a little coffee shop over here now. <laughs> <laughs> but you grew up in Harlem, and yeah, you was doing crazy shit. Yeah, definitely, definitely um we did wild shit and i mean people still do but i i also think that that, you know times are changing like you can't you can't even really hang out outside anymore no you can't last night i was um trying to go to bed early and the popo was out the helicopters was hovering around yeah and it's one of those things like you i wonder who the fuck are they looking for with a helicopter anybody and looking for anybody to do what though like (laughs) just Sometimes I see them like uh, pull a paddy wagon out with, with nobody in. They just they it's like they're just going around collecting niggas. Like they well, they don't do that as much anymore. They used to do sweeps for real. I feel like they still do. I feel like they still no, do. but no, 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 no. Back in the day, they would roll up on a bunch of guys on the corner. And oh yeah, make and just everybody take you, get in. Everybody get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. That's yeah. what happened to my prom date. And that and really, yeah, he couldn't be my prom date after he got picked up. Oh man, that yeah. is that is so New York. It's so New York. <laughs> his name was his thing. His name was Chicken. Ah, uh, that's very dear. Super New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second line of your post says your favorite entertainer is probably a pervert. Yeah, I'm gonna assume you mean men only. Actually, I don't. What female artist you think is a pervert? I think a lot of them are perverts. Who? I think Madonna's a pervert. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 yes. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. I think there's a lot of them. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, I. I you know, I want to work with some of these people in the future. But the perversion isn't as perverse as men's perversion. Women's perversion is not as perverse. 
I think that I think that's a double standard um, that I think is very true in 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 most senses because of the way society is and it has always been. Like women have been uh, uh, treated like shit for the, since the beginning of time. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's um, and victimized since the beginning of time. So um, in that sense, yeah. I mean, anytime a man does anything is probably a lot worse in in most senses, especially sexually. Um, but I do think that I do think that there there's a there's a pervert in all of us. Yeah. And I think that um fame, money, celebrity and 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 freedom and free time uh allow that pervert to, to, to come out and, and for that freak to fly, as it were. Um So what freaky shit you gonna do when you get your money? Man, I'm done. I did it all already. You did it all I did already? It. I'm all out of freaky shit. You tapped shit. out? I tapped out. Really? I did, I did too much freaky shit already. <laughs> Speaking of freaky shit, he has his photo. That's his avatar oh, on yeah. Facebook. Yes. With his pubic hair showing. So Yes. <laughs> Check that out. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I do feel like um, some people are worse than others mm-hmm. um and i do feel like again it's more so a, a problem where like men just taking what they want um but i but i see I, I we talked about this i don't necessarily think that it's men always taking what they want i think that men women are attracted to power mm-hmm. and money mm-hmm. more so power than money mm-hmm. and so i think a lot of women put themselves in these situations where they want to be chose but then they don't really realize what they signed up for. Yeah, what's at stake? Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. like you think that it's like it's like every woman has this fantasy of walking down the street and being discovered and becoming a model. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna naturally walk outside and someone's gonna be like, "You should be a model." Yeah, and so that's what women think. They think, "Okay, I'm gonna look really cute. I'm gonna go to the club, and he's gonna see me out of all the other women there, and he's gonna be like, I'm gonna make her my wife." Yeah, and then you go back to the hotel with him, and he's like. I'm going to come on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of ruins that fantasy. Ruins it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but I know that, you know, I, for a while I've been like, yo, I'm not surprised that somebody did some weird fucking freaky so shit. So Bill Cosby didn't surprise you. Not really. No. Not really. R. No. Kelly. R. Kelly, definitely not. I mean, he was singing AJ Nothing But a Number with fucking, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, And we mm. was grooving to that shit, too, by the way. I know. Nobody had a beef with it then. Nobody yeah, had a beef with it, but it was Aaliyah and him, and AJ we knew she was underage. Going down ain't nothing but a thing. And we knew that he wrote those lyrics. This love what I have for you, but we were just... it will never change. <laughs> I think the creepiest thing out of all the oh, things, <laughs> all the creepy thing out of all the creepy things that R. Kelly has been alleged to do, I think the creepiest thing is that he called everybody called. Well, I think he called Aaliyah baby girl, right? Mm-hmm. And then he married his backup dancer and called her baby girl. I'll be like, how the fuck you gonna call me? The other woman's nickname. That's some creepy ass shit. Maybe. But also, I, I use baby girl, like, just for, you know, a euphemism for women in, in many senses. Like Really? Because you have an old soul and you feel like baby girl is a good way. I like saying, I say baby girl, I say darling. What do you call your girlfriend? I just say baby. Yeah. Sometimes babe. Sometimes I get, like, real cutesy with it that I don't want to say all that other shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a serial monogamous 
Oh yes, you yeah. always have a girlfriend. I mean, I I think there there are times when I haven't had a girlfriend, but very it's, few, it's very, very few, and I don't really like it. I don't I don't enjoy that. Um, I, How do you find and fall into these relationships? Ooh, uh, that's a great question. You know what's funny? I pretty much all the relationships I I meet I end up I end up having sex with women through other women. So like, it's usually pardon a, ma. <laughs> so, please repeat <laughs> what did you just say <laughs> so it's usually a friend of of a, of a woman that i know mm-hmm. who i'm friends with and most of my relationships have 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 moved like that i thought about that after we talked yesterday so you fuck your friend's friends basically is what you're saying yeah and then you fuck it up and then <laughs> their relationship is over like bitch why the fuck did you let me fuck him you know he ain't shit that's only happened twice that's only happened twice <laughs> Uh, there's only like two relationships where I'm like, yo, you fuck that, you fuck their friendship up, and I've 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 still regretted to this day actually, and I'm so sorry if you know who you talk who you are. So you ruined two friendships. Yeah, two sets of friendships. There's two girlfriends that I've had mm-hmm. that like I feel like they are not friends with the friend because, because of you, because yeah. you fucked up. Because I yeah, or, or what, I was manipulative, something. I did I did stuff. I don't need to go into all that. Like, you <laughs> fucked up. That's to say you fucked up. <laughs> We talked about this yesterday, so we have to talk about it today. That you had, a, you had your own R. Kelly Aaliyah relationship. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's, um, yeah. Well, she was, uh, she was uh, eight years older than me, and um, and uh, and we met when I was selling wheat again through her friend. We met through her friend, <laughs> and I was selling wheat to her friend. And then one day, her friend was like, "Oh, my other friend. They had just graduated from Dartmouth, and my other friend." needs weed she just moved in and you're like 15 i'm like 15 yeah and i and i went over there and uh yeah serviced them yeah and yeah had a relationship yeah and then we had a relationship and then uh we had a kid uh a few years later and uh yeah it was a whole long thing you have a but you have a grown daughter i have a 14 year old daughter yeah yeah that you got you you had you had your own Mrs. Robinson relationship. Yeah. No, well, I say she was old, but fifteen plus seven is like old. In in that in that that, that time space is in that time, that is a that's a yeah. lot of growth and development. Sure. Did she not know you were fifteen? So this is a okay. So this is the thing. She was twenty two, twenty three. Yes. Right. So she's not in 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 real terms. She's not. And I'm I'm tall. I have this voice. You know what I mean. Like I'm not bringing up every five seconds prom or any of that shit. Like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and I'm also her weed dealer. So the context in which we meet makes it an adult situation. Mm-hmm. I think. And then. So what did she say when she realized that you were 15? How long into it did she know that you were 15? Well, she knew I was 15 from the beginning. But you just said she didn't. I'm saying that it wasn't a thing that we thought about, though. You see what I'm saying? Mm, okay, like, so when you first... it was avoidable to talk about and to to recognize. So when but... you, when you smashed the first time, she didn't roll <laughs> over and be like, "Oh my god, I just fucked a 15 year old." Nah, I did a really good job. <laughs> <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> I did a pretty decent job for my age, I guess. Wow. But. Even so, even then, she'd be like, damn, wow, I can't believe a fucking 15 year old laid it down like that. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll put it like this. Well, it wasn't, she didn't roll over. We had a great night. And then I, it was probably like a day or two later because obviously we weren't in a relationship. It, was, mm-hmm. I, it just happened one night. We were drinking, smoking, yeah. and it happens, you know? Um, maybe a day or two later, we had like a conversation and it was just like, 
you know. Are you really 15? Can <laughs> I see your ID, please? <laughs> I think she was like probably, what I remember was she was like, just like, you know, I like you, but I don't think we should do this type of thing. And I, I think I pushed it more. I think I was like. Because you had nothing else to do. You're fucking 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you I was nothing like. nothing but time and energy and, yeah. and focus and dedication. Yeah. So I was like, I, but I, I, like I always do. Uh, I hate, I feel like I'm giving up my own trade secrets here, but like I always play it cool. Like, you know, it's nothing, you know, if you still want, but, or if you want me to come over and I just never stopped like flirting with her. And so we just kept going. And before you know it, she fell in love with me. And you fell in love with her. And I fell in love with her. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I oh. probably was in love with her before I fucked her, like to be totally honest. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> she was smart and she had her own yeah. place and here you are just. Yeah being you know messengering drugs around in your in your jan sport with the strings on the zippers yeah <laughs> and then like it's a it's a i've got a history of just being attracted to women that are uh on top of their game like you know mm-hmm. what i mean that you know i i most of my exes aren't like waitresses and shit like yeah. nothing wrong with being a waitress i'm just saying like i date a lot of women that are like professionals and like how do you manage that uh um manipulation i don't know um yeah probably (laughs) probably because you're very smart because you went to private school your dad is a professor you come from good stock as they say which is such a terrible thing to say black people say that white people don't say that shit don't they don't probably no no No, no. because they were we we were we were considered livestock that's right so when you say you come from good stock you really mean like breeding we do we do that a lot we do it with uh good hair we do it with the whole you know skin complexion thing yeah we we keep we've brought a lot of that slave shit with us in in many ways yeah and it's really sad but oh uh but before we get off topic um yeah when it comes to religious i mean i think that i'm also just i'm not intimidated you know what i mean like i think that one of the things that we 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 hinted on yesterday was Mm -hmm. like a lot of women in those positions in positions where um a man is usually enamored by them yeah you know they feel intimidated and there's no uh there's no way for them to get on the same page mm-hmm. and, and to have a, a fruitful conversation because he wants to overcompensate for D- his, and dominate and dominate for his you know which is i think all of these things that you pertain yeah. to is like you know the athlete being a psychopath and the entertainment being a pervert it's about it's about flexing your power and control yeah. really and and i think men love control yeah and i don't think i don't really see men having control in one area and not wanting to have control in every other area. Yeah. I mean, I think that, well, I think that men love control because men have been taught that they're supposed to be in control. Mm-hmm. Men love control and love leading and, 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 and mansplaining because they've been taught, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? Uh, but I feel like anybody who gets enough power and control for a long enough time becomes addicted to it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, so what what have you been addicted to in your life? Oh, what have I been addicted to? Um, definitely think I was addicted to to maybe not sex, but like uh, intimacy. Intimacy. Um, that's yeah. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Yeah, intimacy. Um, and uh, cigarettes, alcohol. Um, That might be it. Winnie is snoring. Snoring. (laughs) 
It sounds like a grown ass man. <laughs> it does. Like there's been times when I've been on the phone and people are like, who is over there snoring right now? And I'm like, it's my dog. It's my dog. My 22 pound yeah. dog snores like a fucking gorilla. I wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, man, you know, you could just call me later with these dogs. So disrespectful. You got a whole nigga in the bed yeah, talking I'm about like, it's my dog. I'm like, Chloe, you know, I ain't got no beef with it. You know what I mean? But just call, you know, you ain't got to talk to me while he's right there. <laughs> um, addiction. I don't know. I don't know if. But I don't know if I've been addicted to anything in particular. I'm I'm not a big drinker. Mm-hmm. I I partake in um, marijuana every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I've never been super crazy addicted to anything. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, and shopping. Really? Yes, I'm a fucking shopaholic. Really? Yes. I hate shopping. Interesting. I hate it with a passion. I'll do Amazon Prime, and that's the extent of it. Cause I can get it in two days, but if I have to physically go drive, park, get into a walk into a mall, my 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 limbs like my fingertips start to get numb. Like I really? just can't. Oh my god! I can't take it. I have to get myself out of places. Like I have to like I have to get myself out of places. And I'll tell like my girlfriend or somebody I'll be like, yo, if you can't let me stay in here for like too long because I will spend a hundred dollars. I'll spend a thousand dollars. I'll just keep spending money, and. uh then not have it to pay the credit card company back. <laughs> um, I have spent my rent money. I mean, I just, and it's just like, and I'm always. But what is the conversation you have yourself when you have your rent money in hand and I'm you like, say, I can, but I'm going to I'm like, I can, I can, I can just make it up. I can ask somebody. It'll be okay. Like, I'm like, I'll be okay. Or it's like, well, I got this much in the bank and I have this much in my pocket. So if I just do this, it, like I, I make it work in my head. It's, 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 it's a, it's a sickness. It is a sickness. It's a sickness. It's it, yeah, it, it's irrational. It's, I explain. Are it you doing mind. better at it? Yeah, I I I've been. So nigga, you should never make it because if you make it, it's a wrap. <laughs> all of these issues that you have, all the drugs, yeah, the cocaine, all, the women, yeah. the sex, the girlfriends, yeah. it's all going to be multiplied times. However, as many zeros is in your bank account. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a that's that's a that's a very valid point. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to keep trying. But no, just uh, just go ahead and fail. Be but, mediocre. Just be, be yeah, mediocre just, and, yeah, and, and, and keep your sanity. Because as soon as you get some get money, those M's, it's yeah, a problem. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've been doing better. I mean, for all those things, I've been doing better, and a lot of it has been just you know, again, trying to look inside myself mm-hmm. more for um for satisfaction and not like what I'm wearing or not like you know where I'm eating or not like you know. uh who I'm fucking or mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so um, when you're in relationships you're committed you only have sex with that person yeah for oh, the so most you. part I mean I've cheated before I'm, I I'm mean human. everybody cheats but I'm just saying like when you're in, you are yeah. in a relationship you're really in that relationship yeah how many serious girlfriends have you had because <sighs> you like you said you just have to come in and just move in after like three weeks yeah so I mean if you want to talk about girlfriends I've lived with uh, Nikki was right down the block on Decatur actually um how long did you live with her like two years that's a long time yeah most of these are like two years um two years is your tap out time <laughs> yeah because at two years could people's like so are we getting married what's popping off yeah for most of the, well i mean that's not usually the beef usually the beef is i just start tanking the relationship in some way because you're like it's been two years yeah yeah expiration date subconsciously yeah 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 and so yeah so so that's that's about the average but i mean it's got to be since since Tiana, and that was about six. Six years? Yeah, because that was from like, like I said, like 16 to 20, yeah, to about 
21 maybe you yeah. ba- you're in your baby mama yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i was a freshman in college so mm-hmm. it's a lot yeah <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say like seven i'm gonna say like i've lived with seven women damn that's a lot yeah seven and you say average two years so 14 years of your life you've lived with someone a woman. yeah how Shit. old are you 33 <sighs> nigga that's a long time that's a long time shit yeah so then in between you know random shit a couple months here a year here where you're you know on your own yeah yeah you better hurry up and get married i mean i really really like and love the woman i'm with right now uh i love how you threw that love in there just in case you listen <laughs> like nigga you said like <laughs> you really really like and that's it was that love part thank of? you for pointing that out chloe <laughs> i really appreciate you <laughs> i love you baby uh but yeah, no, I I'm I'm really into what's going on and we're real compatible and you know um and she don't take no shit like I really can't manipulate her the way I've been able to before. That's actually kind of hot. Let's talk about this because I've been busted for manipulation and it's not even I'm not even Okay, so when you're like us, you don't even realize that you're manipulating no, people. Not until later. Yeah. Because it just seemed like the logical thing to do to <laughs> us at that time. Yep, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so I was having a conversation with this guy and I said, ask him a question, which was a very reverse psychology question. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, I see you trying to manipulate me right now. And I was like, <laughs> what? No, I'm not. That's, what? That's hot. That's smart. Like, that's dope. It is smart. And it makes me feel like he sees me. It makes me yeah. feel like i'm vulnerable like he can see through me but i but i also need him to realize that i'm not being malicious yeah and if he cares about you and he really does see you like that that that, with that vulnerability then i think he will realize that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like um and that's the thing that i appreciate about her is like i feel like she really gets me and because of that it's like she also sees how i'm 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 being caring and sweet, even though it's kind of weird. Yeah, the way it's it's working out. Um, yeah, but I also I feel like when someone sees you, then it makes you. It makes me feel very self conscious in a way that I haven't been in a while. Mm. And I get to the point where I'm just like waiting for them to be like, I'm done, and I'm like, okay, good. Oof. Ooh, yeah. But not that way. Not that way. You know what I mean? No, like, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, obviously you don't want the relationship then, but that out that you would have if if they just quit would would be a, a relief than, would be a more would be easier than me having to constantly consciously reveal stuff about myself i hear you because see manipulative people don't really share details about their lives because we don't think it's important oh, okay like i don't immediate I don't, present details maybe. oh yeah no i don't talk about i don't talk about my life unless you ask me a question mm-hmm. and it's and i genuinely don't even think to think about things to talk about about myself hmm. to share stuff to share information hmm. well see i've 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 been there but i feel like right now i'm not in that position like i i I want to tell her stuff and like i like sharing stuff with her and then like the things that i like to do she understands and i feel like she kind of enjoys it and if she doesn't she doesn't have a problem with it mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah i don't like i don't want to I, I feel gushy i don't know why it's okay. You're 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 a big old marshmallow anyway. What is it? I mean, this is who you are. This is who you are. You be writing about. Is she black? Yes. Okay, because I saw a lot. Of, you have a lot of black girl yeah. magic uh, posts. She's one of the first black girlfriends I've had in a, in a couple of years. 
like, good in for like you maybe no four i i'm not saying it like that i'm not saying i'm saying good for you but i'm not saying like good for you like don't date other people maybe five it's been a while so what made you come back round? <laughs> <laughs> i'm ooh, good for you i'm not saying the like election that. the election Fuck this election. <laughs> I need me a black woman for when shit hits the fan. Yeah, Sorry, man. Bex. It was that 77% of white women that voted for yeah. him. I was like, I you, can't. You white devil. You. He, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't cured me of that, of that, <laughs> of that jungle fever. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, you know, it was real random, man. Like, I had, I had broken up with the last girlfriend after two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Actually, she had broken up with me, but it was like mutual though. I was running the Hong Kong Festival. She was opening her own uh, business, this this shop, and it just our schedules just got so hectic that we only saw each other when we were basically in shitty moods trying to plan an event, which mm-hmm. is horrifying, terrible, terrible, and or when we were exhausted mm-hmm. trying to you know organize something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we ended up not liking that person because the person that we started as it's fun and easy going and yeah yeah not running a fucking business 24 hours a day right mm-hmm. so so that happened and then she just you know showed up in my life and she, no you went somewhere and saw her friend who's your friend and then she was there <laughs> like, yes that is true that is true <laughs> our mutual friend uh uh he booked me to host an event for uh uh for his theater company and she is one of the people that uh Produces mm-hmm. for the theater company, and yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. We were introduced. You're yeah. Correct. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh shit! Shit! This shit is crazy. V. Is there like an algorithm for everybody's life or something? I believe there is. Yeah. I do believe there is. Yeah. I believe there are patterns that we repeat that we don't realize until someone points it out to us, or we have the clarity to like, oh, I do keep doing this thing. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm pretty sure there's a pattern in the women that you date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You you date strong, stable yeah assertive women yeah yeah and that could be because you grew up with only your dad yeah yeah i think that has a lot to do with it yeah yeah Yeah. and my intimacy like thirst Mm -hmm. is because like yeah it's that mommy issue shit probably yeah do you talk to your mom yeah yeah i know my mom um where she live she lives in stanford connecticut okay yeah uh yeah no yeah, yeah um we we have an interesting relationship. Like I, we love each other. I love her, and I think she loves me. But we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she's been in my life for the last fourteen years. She's been in my life basically since Zaya was born. But it's still, it's two adults having a conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes she yearns for because she's still my mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think there's an attachment that that you we as parents have with the with the baby that i can't ever understand you know what i mean yeah and so for me i look at her as a as an adult that i know mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh she looks at me as still her baby that mm-hmm. she lost i guess maybe oh that's how she sees it i think so i think so yeah um which i can understand mm-hmm. you know i i can understand that um so how do you make sure that you don't repeat that pattern with your own daughter Ooh. uh i think I'm way more connected to my daughter and to the things she does on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis mm-hmm. than my mom was with me. I mean, my mom wasn't even there. So yeah. um, 
So like my daughter calls me, right? Like calls me for my birthday. I call her for her birthday. We hang out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we do things together. Um, she shares things with me that, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like our relationship is uh, just more intimate, I guess, really, yeah. than, 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 than my mother and I's. And I guess that's the only way to really, uh, to, to not make that same mistake. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Are you gonna? Are you having a moment right now? You looking at me? Your eyes are a little glossy. Are you okay? Or did the edible kick in? Which one is it? Probably a little bit of both. Probably you took a fifty fucking milligram THC piece of candy. It That's O D. It was really tasty. Actually, was that the habanero? No, no, no. That was the um the coffee one, espresso oh. with caramel swirl. That was really good. You'll be high as a kite in about forty five minutes. I learned something new, Narut. I did not know you had a fourteen year death. But that's an interesting story, though. Like. But also, how do you tell her to not date young when you were young? Oh, I... Uh, when you had her. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know? Um, I'm... I'm so, like, a different type of dude when it, when it comes to this type of thing. You know, I think that it does bring it back to the whole idea of, like, you talking about men not approaching you because they are intimidated or whatever. Um it doesn't make sense to me, and um, I think that uh, I think that it, these arbitrary rules we put on her dating is um, is ridiculous. Now, does it make me uncomfortable if a man her mother's age was dating her when yeah. was, was dating her at her at the age I was? Yes, of course, of course, it's extremely, extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. But um, I try my best not to be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You know, I try my best to be like, okay, well. How do I look at this? Is there a, is there a healthy way? Is there a healthy lens to look at this? Too? Yeah, because I think that 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 takes that, that takes a little bit more patience and uh, trying to do that. But then there are times when it's just like, yeah, we do live in a sick fucking world. You know what I mean? Like, and most dudes, sorry, but they're not sweethearts. They're just like, oh, I just love her so much. No, you're a fucking pedophile, or yeah, you know what I mean? Or you're just you know trying to you're doing some type of abuse in my. That's you. That's my first instinct. So, what happened when your dad tried to call the cops once your girlfriend was having a child? <laughs> oh, we had a huge argument. Um, but you were about eighteen, nineteen by this point. Yeah, by this point, yeah. So it didn't matter anyway. It didn't really matter. No, I was seventeen going on eighteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it didn't really matter. I mean, I only had a few more months until it was fine. So, but I ended up, I ended up moving out though. I mean, you know, I ended up just being like, you know, on some like i'm gonna run away shit uh and Uh, and have a family and have a family (laughs) (laughs) which i think also to him was probably like ridiculous no you run away from the family boy you run away from the family are you the only child (laughs) no i have an older brother yeah yeah but you it was just you and your dad but it was just me and my dad yeah my brother's like 16 years older than me oh yeah that's like me and my brother yeah so he's a whole another life whole another life yeah yeah that's how you and your your, your kids are going to be by the time you have your second child i think so yeah yeah i really never want to go through what i went through as a as a as a younger man trying to have a family um as a teenage father as a teenage father Mm -hmm. basically yeah um and then just as a young man like going through my 20s and then you know what i mean like after college still trying to figure out who i am what i am where i am uh and at the same token with the added like 
you know, how's my daughter doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how's her mother doing? Am I letting them down? Yeah. On top of letting myself down, on top of letting my dad down, on top of letting the whole world down, on top of letting whoever I'm fucking at the moment down. You know, uh, it was an, it was a, it was a very very pressure filled time um, for me, just for me. And so then on top of that, I couldn't imagine how they felt. Yeah. And so it's like I just don't, you know, I try not to rush into those type of things anymore you know what i mean like but you're always in a relationship though i i I do like being in relationships yes yeah you're a serial monogamous i would say that i would Mm -hmm. say that yeah yeah also because like i'm very like cozy you know what i mean like you know what i mean like i get real cozy so it's like uh you know i sleep with you three four times you know i'll leave shoes like a little like a broad like, <laughs> wow. like yeah. really yeah yeah good to know <laughs> good to know yeah <laughs> off my list <laughs> <laughs> keeping it single. so what makes you so what makes you so cozy that's a thing though that that's is a thing that's just i think it's just me like i oh it also might be from like you know i think a lot of stuff has to do with like how you grew up yeah. right so like I grew up in a professor's household where he was constantly with different women. You know, my mother's Colombian, my brother's mother's Japanese, uh, my dad's current wife is Russian, um, and it's just like, yeah, it was. Just, it wasn't unstable because he has lots of money and it was, you know, but it was just I never got to latch on to like a real mother figure. Mm-hmm. So, so where was your mom at? My mom was doing a lot of stuff. I mean, she she's doing a lot of stuff a lot of drugs and sex and parties and just being a oh, hot so colombian woman so your dad liked them wild oh yeah 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 um he likes them he likes some fun you know um and he likes to have fun and he still does mm. uh uh you know if you know jordan temple yes yeah he went i had him go speak to my dad's class recently and he messaged me immediately after like of course that's your dad like he's like showing porn in between and like playing music and then like breaking what down sociology your, is your dad teaches sociology yeah and when i went to school he was chairman of sociology at the new school oh okay so you went to so you i was gonna ask you how you went to the new school so your dad worked at the new school yeah yeah and so you were like all right let me just go to college come on dad yeah you know it was free and um i didn't have to leave new york and uh yeah so what did you study at new school i was a media studies major and a fashion history minor Really? Yeah. You were passionate about those things? Yeah. My brother is a like a he's like a really famous graffiti artist and he's founder of a company called P and B Nation. It was like a one of the first black urban fashion companies. Oh. He designed like Fat Farms logo and Mecca stuff and um Triple Five Souls stuff and then uh now he's chairman uh not chairman, now he's um head of men's or boys fashion for Federated. They own like Macy's or mm-hmm. whatever. Um so like I was always kind of like looking through his black books and like meeting you know all these different artists and and fashion designers and going to fashion parties as a little kid and just really enamored by the whole world um but i don't have the 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 discipline nor the natural talent um (laughs) to draw or or design so i took fashion history Mm -hmm. um because i just i knew a lot about fashion and i Tried to combine that with the media studies major, where I was going to be like a curator mm-hmm. or or uh, or like a critic, or um, and just kind of like hopefully work for like a like a art and design museum or a fashion museum yeah. or something, and create different projects, mostly focused on black black Americans' uh, impact on the world of fashion around us, which I find to be very interesting. And so, what happened? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Parties, sex, drugs, 
pretty much in that order. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just hanging out downtown all the time. You know what I mean? Like I was from Harlem, and obviously I went to private school, and I had some, I'm you know, white friends. But I always at private school as a kid, and then I eventually went to public school to finish out high school. But as private school as a kid, you know, you found the black kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you know what I mean? So. And then you were selling drugs and everything. So you were the hip. Yeah, you know, hit black hair. Yeah, and then I go to new school, and it felt very like dear white people. Like I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. that. Yes. But yeah, it felt very like dear white people. So I had to like, and then my dad was chairman of sociology, so like, it felt like a reverse assimilation where I had to like, reassimilate into being an intelligent black person yeah. and like, not being the you know uh, stereotypical thug for the white people. I Got guess. Got it. Um, so Even though by thug standards you probably weren't, I wasn't. A thug. Yeah, I never thought. Of, you know what I mean? Like I thought I was just regular kid. Yeah. And I think in my hood I was probably more white than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then going to new school and being, you know, it's such a small black population yeah. there. Um, and everybody knew who your dad was. Everybody knew who my dad was, and it was just like I felt more uh, outside for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know how to explain it. And so then, yeah. Um, yeah so then like hanging out downtown all the time and like going to parties and then uh eventually i realized that during this period of time this was i guess what was it 2002 to 2000 i was there till like 2007 (laughs) (laughs) did you graduate i did i did i did but yeah by the skin of my teeth um uh yeah uh i I realized selling coke was like a cool thing to do (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, so I got into that. And then through that. What made it cool? The money or the people? Both. Both. Like mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with people that are either want to be in fashion or you're hanging out with people that are like semi celebrities and whatever. And then, um, and then the money was great. I mean, but I didn't really make money. Like I. Did you end up spending it? Yeah. 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 For it the was, parties and more drugs yeah. and drugs for yourself and drugs for the girls. And, and yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's yeah. not a, it's not a good um return on investment i uh, mean not unless you're very very disciplined you know what i mean yeah. and i was never that obviously have you ever met a drug dealer who doesn't do drugs oh yeah yeah. and they make a lot of money oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's the only way that's the only way yeah, yeah and you also have to not have like other temptations because like you there's there's a lot of things that people fall into they fall into either doing the drugs mm-hmm. or they fall into a lot of them fall into the sex part the sex part is the hard part. The sex part is where women, where there's free drugs, there's there's free pussy. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it works. So it's like the athlete cherry picking. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of guys fall into that. So they start like not realizing it, but basically buying pussy with the money that they would be having as profit. Because they're going out to a nice restaurant. These women, these girls over, they think yeah. they're dating. They're buying her jewelry and yeah, purses. Or just giving her dough because she says she needs dough and you like fucking her all the time. So. Mm. It's not necessarily prostitution, but and it is. I, but it is. I never, I never was good at that. I never could ask money. To, I could never ask a man to like pay my rent. Like those words coming out of my mouth, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I would just laugh. I would just be like, "This, no way." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like going up to a grown ass man, being a woman, and being like, "Hey, so my rent is due on the first, like everybody else is in the world." I've I've literally seen it. Like I've seen it verbatim. Like you know what I mean. Like just you just we all chilling, just playing video games. And Shorty comes out in his shirt and he's like, "So I need help with my car." Or in front of everybody. Oh, everybody. And he just was like, "Oh, go right there. Take you know five hundred dollars, whatever." Men are so dumb. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. 
Yeah. This is an interesting line in your post. See, we're unpacking every single line. Okay. Um, so we did your favorite athlete is probably a sociopath slash psychopath. Your favorite entertainer is probably a pervert. Your favorite politician is a liar, which is we don't even need to go into we that one. Go, right? Um, and your God is vengeful and needy. And Start needy. looking in yourself for ideology and for those that care about you for inspiration. Now, mm-hmm. what made you say that about religion? Okay. Well, again, it's it's a it's a whole thing, right? It's a stacked thing, right? Yeah. It's this idea, and I feel like it all starts a lot with these Abrahamic religions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and we could obviously we could go back to Egyptian, and Greek, and 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 uh, Hindi and, and and Eastern religions, but let's start. I think a lot of it starts with this honor thy father, which comes from Abraham, right? Yes. You know, the father of all three of these religions, right? And this this idea of of, of putting a man on the pedestal to lead you anywhere um, and constantly having to bow to him, constantly yeah. having to give him your gratification. Kind of praise. Praise, yeah. Tides, offerings, sacrifices. Yeah. yeah, it's like when 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 does it end? When can you just, just do the job, nigga? Just do the job. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, if that's what you want to do. Like, or, if, you're, if, you're all, if you're all knowing, all powerful, why do you need me to give you 10% of my You don't, yeah. Check. Yeah. So, so to me, it's like, even if I, I'm not in this post, I mean, I don't, I, I am an atheist, but, uh, I'm not in this post necessarily even projecting atheism. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is that if God does exist, he's still, or she, it has still given you the power to believe in yourself and to, to, and, and taking a, the word of God or taking the, because it's not even with the word of God at this point, right? It's been perverted and mm-hmm. and and redefined and 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 you know cliff notes and, all and that. cliff noted, you know, to the point where this is this is not. If if there was God speaking to a human being, this is not what he said. Is, this is a game of telephone that has gone completely wrong. Completely. So, um, so for me, it's like it, it you've give, been given the ability to uh to think for yourself mm-hmm. and to believe in yourself, and every time you don't use that, you sacrifice that. Um, I feel like it's a detriment to not only you as a person, but to society as a whole. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So uh, when I say needy and vengeful, I'm like, yeah. Like if you're basing your life off of the fact that, well, if, if I, if I masturbate today, I'm going to go to hell. Mm. Uh, you're going to be a fucking horrible person to be around all day. See, the thing is that I never, I can never measure what a real sin was because it's like, all right, if I steal a piece of candy, I'm going to hell. But this person just chopped up 47 people and ate their guts. Yeah. Are we going to the same hell? Are we, why would we be in the same hell? Revenge? Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, like, I mean, if hell is a club, then I, I guess I'll be in general mission and they be in VIP. See, then you have to start doing that, right? You got to start yeah. breaking it up into, <laughs> into different <laughs> Like oh, well, I'm gonna be in first class hell. You gonna I'm be? A, I'm, gonna in be a, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be in standby. I'm in standby. You're in standby. Hell, <laughs> and you are a frequent flyer. How yeah. about that? Yeah, you know. And I just feel like the mind games you have to play to to get even to a a version of healthy mentally is unhealthy. You know. Um, but the whole thing about looking within yourself, some people really genuinely don't know how to do that. Like, yeah, I just started taking hot yoga, nice. and um, and I love it. 
but I do remember I have a godmother who's like super religious and she has a church her and her husband. So she co-pastors and first lady, all this stuff. And I remember years ago and I didn't really know. I didn't really. This was like when yoga was like booming. Everybody was like, oh, do yoga class. Mm-hmm. So for my mom's birthday, I was like, well, maybe we'll do like a group yoga class. And I was just like, it'll just be a fun activity. It's better than like going out to eat or whatever. Sure. And she was like, I'm not going because, you know, that that's not that's not Christianity. And I was like, what 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 spirit? What religion? I'm just doing some poses. I didn't yeah. realize. And so some people really, when they hear yoga, they hear like a reli- the religion aspect of it, mm-hmm. not just like the, because the conflict is if you are of a different faith and you look to man, you look to a God, then yoga practices is about looking within yourself. Yeah. And those two things are contradictory because it's like, no, you're not a God and you don't, you don't have the answers. You have to pray to someone else for the answers. Again, making yourself a servant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I, I or making yourself subservient, right? Um, which I just don't fully agree with, number one. And also think that, I mean, I think you could use your, your the, own, the, the words of whatever the text that you have to... To argue differently. I mean, yeah. if we're all made in God's image, then we are all God. You yeah. know, if 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 you know, if God is good and goodness is everywhere, then we all are God. You know what I mean? Like, I, so you speak of someone who who has definitely some knowledge of religion. What made you become an atheist? Oh, I I mean, I've I've always been one. Um, I know that's weird to say, but I, again, I I think it goes back to just. So you ha- read religious texts. For I, as, I do as education as education i do i do and also i think the i've been for years tracing the lineage of uh muhammad um and uh and jesus and uh and the the lines of abraham down and trying to connect how these small families and 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 uh different genealogies connected later earlier um it's just a pet like a pet project i do so, so you mean like the sons of Abraham, yes. who spawned Christianity, Ishmael, yeah, and, and Islam, and yeah. was it Christianity, Islam, and what's the third, and Judaism, and Judaism, all came from yeah. Abraham. Yes. So he, his two sons spawned. I mean, his three sons spawned the three largest religions. Really, his two sons, and then it it, it gets complicated, but yeah, basically, break yeah. it down. Okay. Uh, well, there's, there was Ishmael, and there was Jacob, and um, sons of Abraham. Th- they were sons of Abraham, mm-hmm. right? And then Ishmael also had a second wife after his first wife died, who uh, she is, uh, I forget her name, but her son is from Qatar. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the line that creates eventually Islam uh, down the line. Um, and then... But that wasn't, that was her son by him or her son? No, th- that was her son by him. Okay. But it's an illegitimate child. He had two sons that were by the first wife, and that's Ishmael and Jacob, I believe. And those two are the ones that split into Judaism and eventually into Christianity. And then Abraham had an illegitimate son yeah. who spawned Islam. What, yeah, the basically all of the the uh, Middle Eastern genealogy, mm-hmm. at some point, you can trace back to this one line. Yeah. And do you believe that in real life? Uh, do I believe it in real life? Not technically, but I do think that there's scientific evidence of these tribes mating and breeding and then moving and... And their migration, it can you can find historical evidence of those things happening. Mm-hmm. So, so how can you believe that but not believe the Bible? I never said I don't fully believe the Bible. I just feel like it's a misinterpretation of things that kind of happen. So, is that what made you become an atheist? Because you're like, I don't subscribe to that. Do you believe in spirituality and a higher being and a, and a different plane of existence, or you? 
go for the science of it all. I think that that is science, though, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I do think that, I mean, it's scientifically proven that we only exist in these three dimensions. But if you, you know, ask an astrophysicist or if you ask a particle physicist what the universe looks like, there's multiple more things going on, you know? Yeah. Um, our our sense of what matter is and what's physical and what's not physical is, is, is strictly an electrical interpretation, right? So... Uh, when people talk about this, like, you know, spirituality, or they talk about, you know, um, being beyond this world, I definitely think that's a real thing. Can I put it, can I fully describe it? No, but I, I definitely think that's a, weird, a, a real thing. I don't know if I want to call it a God, though, because yeah. I feel like there's so much that's attached to that word, you know, that con- the connotation that God brings. Again, it's the subservientness that I feel like is unhealthy. I think that's the only word I can use for that. Um, I, when I, my first experience of getting a laugh and an applause break when, when I was about eight years old, I, and I was, uh, I was, I got, I got to read the Sunday school, like what we learned in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And my aunt went to church every Sunday and she would take me when my dad just didn't want to be around me anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, uh, which was actually often, but anyway, your dad had you full time. He was a full time single dad. He was a full time single dad. Got it. Yeah. From early yeah. on. From yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he was like, I need a break. Yeah. Go, go be with God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, me and 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 a therapist could probably argue what that was, but yeah. So um, so he would send me, and so I remember I got I got to read the um what we learned in Sunday school and I had like jazzed it up with a little bit of my little thing, but I wasn't disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I didn't say any of the ideas that my father would spout, you know, when I got home, you know, Oh, so he didn't like church. He, he's not religious at all. Oh, okay. So right? literally he just, he needed some me time. Yeah. No, no, no. It was just to get rid of me. Yeah. No, it was just to get rid of me. And, um, and yeah. And also it kept me like writing and reading and yeah. you know what I mean? Questioning. Yeah. And it brought me to this point now where it's mm-hmm. like, I think about these things and read about these things all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it it was it was cool, but anyway, yeah, that was my first like, ooh, they felt good, like, ooh, they like me, ooh, I wanted to I wanted to keep going, I want to do a headline set, you know, <laughs> and so uh, so then yeah, I would I would start to come back, and because I didn't really believe, it became just a a uh, a mental exercise mm-hmm. of like you know understanding and study, yeah, um, and probably closer to what I feel like rabbis do than what I feel like priests and imams in, in Islam do. How so? Um, because I think if you, maybe not a Hasid that we see yeah. out in Brooklyn walking around with the curls, but like a true rabbi, you know, in Israel or in Mecca or something like that, is really just studying the word to find how it affects and applies to the present time that they are in, mm-hmm. right? They, they're not preaching necessarily yeah you know they're, what I mean? they're students they're they're always students always students, students. yeah 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 they never come across as though they know everything they don't have all the answers yeah and you will meet imams and you will meet priests or at least i have and 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 preachers um that their bread and butter is acting like they know the word of god it's almost yeah. a thing that people say i know the word of god like do you like you know you know some stuff but i don't know if you know the word of god but anyway yeah it was i don't remember i remember i was having a conversation with some friends of mine and we were talking about religion and pastors and all i remember saying about this one particular i was like this nigga's a fucking plumber <laughs> he's a plumber like let's not get it twisted he goes to work every single day as a plumber as a plumber yeah and then on the weekend puts on his good suit and stands in there talking about how he got all the answers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I live in Brooklyn. 
bedside and every other corner there's some storefront church yeah. and every sunday they have their doors open you look and it's like six or seven people yeah and i'm like can y'all at least merge together one thing maybe and have maybe 100 people in service on sunday <laughs> Well, that's the that's the producer in you trying to like make a good show. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but I feel like you know there's strength in numbers, and if y'all yeah. all talking the same thing, but the reason why you can't do that is because the ego of the person in the pulpit is not going to allow them to step back and have somebody else be in the pulpit. I totally agree. So you know, it's like you have these people who just want that power for that x amount of time, even though it's not going to benefit a larger good. It appeals to them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I walk by, I'm walking my dog on a Sunday and I hear these storefront churches and they're like, next, we're going to have apostles. So, uh, oh, y'all got an apostle here in Best Eye? It's, <laughs> it, you know, I would rather that dude, like, read a book of plumbing 101 to me. And I'm like, yes, I will take your word for that. Yeah. I mean, you know that. Because that's what you do every day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, and, and so I think as I got older, though, that's definitely what's pushed me out of religion a lot is because... You know, even with Judaism and all of these things, you know, um, it starts to get real murky after a certain point, you know, especially after. It gets murky when once the Medici's got involved and they yeah. kind of like rewrote everything to yeah. benefit their family. Yeah. Like the Medici's single handedly constructed the Catholic Church. I agree. And if you look at all the corruption, and stuff, like they own ba- like you own banks and towns. You have people that pay you taxes and you have family members who are popes for generations. Yeah. They I mean the uh, Vatican City is the whole the whole thing is just crazy. The the Have you seen the you watched the new pope on HBO with um Jude Law? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've seen I've caught a couple episodes it's pretty crazy. It is interesting though, but cuz yeah. he's he's like you can't tell if he's crazy or if he's anointed. And I think that's kind of like uh, that's what the funny thing, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the movie the the discovery on Netflix? No. So it's the it's the show. It's a movie, a movie called The Discovery on Netflix. It has Robert Redford in it and the guy from How I Met Your Mom. Oh, I saw some of Samara. it. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, sorry, Robert Redford is this uh, doctor scientist who comes up with a theory that the afterlife is real real and yeah. and can prove that there's an afterlife mm-hmm. and so after the spark of this information millions of people have killed themselves because mm-hmm. they're like i'm gonna go i want to go there i want to go to the other place and so the discovery is like now he's built a machine where he can like show you what the afterlife is mm-hmm. but then there's like i don't want to spoil it but there's like oh, yeah, cause a, i haven't seen the end. There's like a twist ah. so you know okay i gotta finish watching it was so depressing I don't know what Netflix is on right now with this depressing kick. 13 Reasons Why. Oh, I'm Discovery. not watching 13 Reasons Why. Ugh, just a whole lot of, yeah. But yeah, but so that's another whole other thing, right? About religion too, right? Like, with these rules about how to deal with life and death. It's like, suicide, I can understand back in hunter-gatherer days when numbers really mattered, like you were just talking yeah. about, why you needed your congregation and suicide should be banned because yeah. you know you need motherfuckers picking Who and growing. Who is going to grow these tomatoes? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you know, with this overpopulation shit, I'm like, yo, stop shaming people for feeling depressed and wanting to kill themselves. Like, I mean, I know it sounds morbid and sick, but you know, people can make their own decisions. I think it's more selfish of us to be shaming them for feeling like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what someone's going through. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like I do feel like 
a lot of times when people want to kill themselves, it is a temper. It is a I temporary agree. fix to a problem that they feel like is not manageable. Like you look at all of these husbands and wives of families, and the husband killed the family because he was sixty thousand dollars in debt, and it's like, mm. nigga, we you could have taken that alone. Like yeah. help us help you. I think if people want to kill themselves, they should have to fill out a questionnaire. Oh, yeah, like in the like in the movie, right? Yeah. He had to, well, he did an interview. Yeah, with he you. interviewed them. Yeah. Like, why why did you want to kill yourself? Yeah. You have to fill out a questionnaire, or we can just uh, you know adapt the Japanese way of doing it and just let them walk into a forest and not come back. Yeah, because I feel like that is not. Yeah, I mean, Harikari is ancient, right? Yes, they've been saying kill your make make your decision for you, because they've always felt like the the idea of you know the government killing you is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like we would rather let the government kill people than let people kill themselves, yeah. which is ridiculous. Well, that's also, but also the government, when you're talking about the government, you're talking about like crimes and shit like that. Sure. But I mean, in, but in, we don't have, we don't, the Japanese has a lot of honor. Yeah. They have a lot of honor. We don't have honor here in America. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, what is it? The state of Arkansas just, like, got, It was like a week where they did, like, they, every day. Yeah, they tried to kill, like, eight people because the medicine was going to expire. Like, that was the reason why. That's just gross. Yeah. Yeah. And they got and they got the they got the drugs for the lethal t- termination, um, like, a little shady. Like, they ordered it from companies and, and didn't tell them that they were See, getting it. Because there's that? no fucking pride. There's oh no pride God. here. It's so, yeah, you're right. You're right. So if you so if you go up to someone and say, listen, we know you killed 14 babies. Yeah. Here's a knife. Need you to. End it. End it. They'd Before like, we have to end it. And they'd be like, no, nah, I didn't do that. It wasn't me. Yeah. 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 We have Casey fucking Anthony back in the news after she killed her baby. Why is she back in the news? She's getting married. I don't care. What? Exactly. <laughs> what? This bitch fucking got rid of a whole kid and 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 denied it. And who's married her off. by the way? Got off and now she's back. Like my new life. Oh my, my god. My nightmare. I've gotten over it. Yeah. There's it, no pride. There's no pride. Yeah. I mean, it's not feudal Japan, but I'm just saying that I do think that you know, it's silly. That we, you know, we don't give ourselves this power, but we, again, we constantly make ourselves subservient to some higher authority. And I think that that is stunting human uh, growth and evolution mentally. Yeah. And that's what the post is about. Well, but, I, but also I, I think with your post, I think that everything that we believe in is going to show us its true self. And we are about due for a reset. I agree. And it's going to be interesting because the things that you love and, and hold dear to, they're going to be obsolete. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I mean, I think about, look, Bernie bros, you're kind of off, dude, because like that dude is a, a, a very forward thinking man, but he also has like three multi-million dollar estates. Like yeah. he's not out here living, you know, squatting with you in fucking, you know, well, I, yeah, the idea in that, Williamsburg. The idea that our, our political future is going to hinge on three 70 year old candidates also ridiculous it's batshit fucking crazy you know uh we already know trump is is an idiot but just for you people that don't believe that he's an idiot uh and and i'm gonna even i'm gonna have to i'm gonna take down our boy too barack barack was a politician Mm -hmm. he came up in chicago politics if you think he's not hasn't done some things that you wouldn't fully agree with you're, you're fooling yourself yeah you know and every time you make a god 
you set yourself up for disappointment. Um, I love Barack, and I don't give a fuck what he did. Actually, the nigga could do whatever the fuck he wants. I want. know, but the reality is, I mean, he he had a lot of drone strikes that nobody covered in the media. So you know, yeah. when you see these refugees that want to come here because they have no place to live, yeah. You, it's not just their own government that yeah. was attacking them. We were dropping dr- It was, you know, some white guy in a room with AC and a, a fucking 32 gulp, big gulp, just dropping just drones. Dropping bo- drones, <laughs> dropping bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> dropping bombs. <laughs> dropping bombs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so I think you, you, you have to, in order for us, I think, again, I think it was very healthy for us to have all of these things when we first invented it. I think Naismith and, and, and basketball and football organizations coming together, it, it brought unity to mm-hmm. a lot of collegiate and, and professional sports and it allowed for people to, to yeah, but make now it's, amass millions of dollars. And now it's bastardized. And now it's bastardized. And and same with the, the political system, the same with our, our entertainment system. Um, and I think, I think that all these things were very necessary and the idea of creating a God was very necessary when we were these feudal people mm-hmm. but now we are so much more advanced than that and now there are too many people and too many different ways to communicate and too many different cultures and things to understand and too many different types and identities to uh to protect that um, or offend or what or offend or offend <laughs> or offend yeah 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 um to 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 think that uh close-minded so what is so what do you think is going to be the next breakthrough awakening are we My gonna post. look in your post? No. Are we gonna? Look, are we? Are people? Are people gonna look in, or is it gonna be a massive disrupt to our society? Well, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing changes without a huge disruption. Of right? course. So I think that's that's a given, and I think that's what we're heading to. I'm really hoping that it's not as bad as my imagination. What does your dad say? You know what? I think my dad has kind of tuned out of it all really a little bit you know he's he's got a lot of money he's old he's had his kids he's got his grandkids he's taking care of everyone he needs to take care of mm-hmm. and i think after the election of trump he just kind of was like you know what fuck all these people like you how know how old is your dad my dad i mean he has to be he has to be going on 70 mm-hmm. yeah he grew up in Mississippi, in Baritown, Mississippi, with twelve brothers and sisters. Wow, yeah, that's about accurate. Um, his great 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 grandmother bought, or great great grandmother bought her husband's freedom mm-hmm. because women couldn't own property. So he started like a small black town in Baritown. Um, he comes from like a long line of that, you know. So I think he's seen so much shit. Once we voted Trump in, he was like, "Y'all ungrateful niggas. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck about none of y'all." Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like, "I'm about to, I'm about to leave this motherfucker. I'm going to that other plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that other plane. Yeah, I'm done. He's finished." Yeah, so I think he's kind of. So yeah, we'll talk about it, and he'll he'll run for a little bit, but you could just see in his face just that, you know, fuck it. Like you know what I mean? Like y'all done fucked it up. Like you know what I mean? We've been trying. He's like, I've been trying my whole life. He came up on those Freedom Rider yeah. buses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how he met my brother's mother. My brother's mother is Yuri Kochiyama's daughter. You know Yuri Kochiyama? No, is? I don't know who that is. She's this Japanese woman who um, was uh, standing behind Malcolm X when he was murdered, and she was a big-time civil rights uh, leader. Um, Google gave her a spread last uh-huh. year because um, she passed away. And um, So that's your grandmother? So that's my grandmother. And uh, so when my dad first came up, when he was like 15, 16, uh, he had graduated high school early and then came up to go to CUNY. Um, 
and write, and he was going to write plays. And so he wrote this play, and Yuri's daughter, he cast her in it. Cast her in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did air quotes. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys can't see that. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that that's how my brother came to be. And um, and yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like he feels like yo, he's been working his entire life. Yeah, fighting, scratching, getting shot at by white people because he was in the wrong pond as a little boy uh to coming up to new york city to you know all this shit uh to now be you know like see trump become president yeah it's i mean i couldn't imagine it must feel like a lego sandcastle just got knocked over you know yeah yeah and and i i will say this and and i'll speak on this because i haven't been posting my podcast i took like a month break Mm -hmm. And part of it is because I did a, like a 21 day fast from social media. And so oh. I was like, how ironic, how, how can I not be on social media and still try to like do yeah. a podcast about yeah, social media? It. So I kind of like took a couple of weeks and people were upset about it. And I thank you guys for tuning in and, and getting on me, even though I didn't see your tweets until I got back on social media uh, weeks later. But I do feel that the time that I took away from social media helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And now when I come back to it, I see it for what it is, which is, people's opinions that's basically yeah and and misinformed as they may be yeah or comical but even the funny ones it's like okay once you've seen one you've seen a million so i i think i have to take it in stride and be like i'm still going to consume some social media but with the idea that it's it's like satire yeah 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 I like think you can't get upset. Like when I hear people getting upset about something they saw on social media, I'm like, you've taken you've taken it out of context. I, I, you've let this thing that's not even tangible dictate your life. I totally agree, and I've been I've been uh, guilty of that. Um, I think that what you said just now is really important. That social media is because it's a public media, it is very misinformed, right? Yes. And I think we've I, at least my brain has been trained to read periodicals and read media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with this underlying sense of oh this person has studied or yes. this person is abreast mm-hmm. um and not oh this person just saw a headline and then wrote a thing you yeah. know what i mean so that is a that's a switch and i think that's going back to also what you asked me before is like what is it going to change i think that's part of what's what's changing is is that understanding too it's like not everybody knows what the fuck they're talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? And getting upset about it just, you know, puts you in a weird space. And but for me, I've I feel like that's also an evolution in in the world, right? Because I remember I not remember, but I, I think about if I could remember the times when it was just newspapers, for instance, mm-hmm. right? And you just took this newsies you know, yeah, you but every but the thing is with newspapers is that there were options. That's true. So there were people, you know, there was yellow journalism, which is which is tabloid journalism. You know, mm-hmm. yellow meaning tainted. It's not mm-hmm. true. It's not it's not white or whatever. Um, not factual, but a lot of opinion based stuff. And then also in New York, like we had three major newspapers. You had the Daily News, the Newsday. No, New we had four: Daily News, Newsday, New York Post, and then the New York Times. Times yeah, Newsday and, is gone now, right? Or is it still here? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. But um, those four were read by different demographics. Mm-hmm. And so it was said that the New York Post or Newsday was like the lowest of the low. Like it was like yeah. sixth grade reading level. Mm-hmm. And then 
the Daily News is a little bit above that. And New York Times, Times was like, you know, the height. And so there were people who read those papers and did not read the other ones. Yeah. And so that's the, the same thing as like following somebody on Twitter for their timeline yeah. Yeah. and not trusting anything else that you read. I agree. And that can be a little, you know, falsifying because whereas with newspapers, you people talked about it and you had a conversation and you had facts and then there yeah. were follow-ups, you know, there will be a story that ran in the paper every day for the length of that, whatever the news, that news mm-hmm. story importance was. And that's not the same anymore. So everything that we get now, such on social media is a fleeting moment. Yeah. It's like, did you happen to see that one thing at this time at this nanosecond? Oh, you didn't see it. And then you read it and then people spout it as fact. And it was just, yeah, no, no I, I, I follow a I, moment. Yeah, not to be confused with periods because periods and moments are not the same thing. I just want you to know. <laughs> that was a real moment. Naruta, how did you get into comedy? Oh, okay. Um, well, we got to cut back to new school. Uh, yeah, new school. I was uh, a part of the Black Student Union, and then eventually that became the Students of Color Association, mm-hmm. SOCA. And then, <laughs> and so I would run these um, reading series where like people from uh people of color and different students could come and they could like read essays or poetry or whatever they'd written um and then eventually got it got kind of hot and like teachers would come and read and uh because you know new school is like a liberal arts yeah little, you know so it's like some professors like well i want to read my thing of course <laughs> uh and um and it became kind of cool and then i started to write like an opening thing yeah so i would write like a little like silly poem or whatever right Usually it was like last minute and like drug and alcohol fueled and like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so people would laugh at it, right? Like you know, and but they were long and they were like weird and not jokes, not at all <laughs> jokes. And that was a very difficult thing to realize. But they were not jokes at all. But they were just funny ideas in in a very long form. And so then I'm selling coke and like uh, I'm out of school, kind of living in a. I was like living in a Chinatown hotel room. Uh, you must have been really selling a lot of coke if you pay in Chinatown hotel prices. Well, it wasn't. Well, oh, this is before like yeah, this changeover. Is, yeah, I mean, this is like Canal Street, like Chinatown, Chinatown, oh, like okay. like smells like Chinatown. Like there's mm, like an illegal yeah. like everything downstairs. Everything downstairs, right? And uh, so no, I would just I would sell enough blow so that I had like some some cash, you know, a couple mm-hmm. hundred on me, and then enough to pay for the room that night. Yeah. And this is like, you know, those tiny shared bathroom oh, okay, okay. things. It, no, no, no. This is not like a hotel. Is, <laughs> it's, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, but yeah, um, there's like, you know, tranny prostitutes in the next room, you know, getting money. Yeah. You know? So, and the walls are thin and you hear yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, fun times. So, uh, so yeah. So I'm in the midst of that, and I'm dating this woman um, who I had gone to college with who... It's kind of a snow bunny in, in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we both really more so got really hammered together and we were totally happy being monstrous drunks together. Wow. Like, just disgusting drunks. And we laughed at it and we were kids too. So we were cute. She was white. I was black. We both came from money. So it was just like, whatever. Who cares? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, so, we're ready to go clean. We'll go clean. Yeah. It was so gross. So, um, so then, but she tells me she's going to move to Colorado so she could live on a mountain and, <laughs> and like live at like a ski lodge thing. Like as a, like a, like just teach like snowboarding to like, got it, you know, whatever. 
and she was like i want you to move with me mm. and she was like we can do drugs and get high and get drunk all the time and i you know we don't have to pay for anything because i'll live on the lodge and i'll get free lodging and it was actually tempting for a second but i was like mm, i don't know if i want to leave new york city yeah and at that point i didn't even know if i was gonna leave new york city ever like you know what i mean like i traveled for a little while but yeah. like to move someplace no 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 no. i was harlem born and raised i'm running downtown all day like i was killing it i was loved it so we were fighting not fighting but like that was going on and on in the in the back of our relationship and one day she takes me to the village lantern and um uh who was it um black and jewish bluish eric andre was running the open mic there at mm-hmm. the time. He was like hosting the open mic there. And uh, she had put my name on the list, like as a joke. Oh. Yeah. And, oh, duh, duh, duh. so yeah, so I was I was weirded out by it. I go up, I didn't do that well, but I, I ended up make, getting a couple of laughs from like talking about the weirdness of the situation mm-hmm. and talking about like how I was just there to sell this broad Coke <laughs> and like kind of being real, but being funny, yeah. being named Ruta. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, again, no craft at all to this and i got a couple laughs or whatever i felt good though for your first time you know what i mean like i nobody do anything at me you weren't i mean you it was you had nothing to lose because you didn't plan on doing this anyway exactly right and and yeah exactly and then i also had no idea of what it could be like i was Mm -hmm. like oh this is just a fun thing that people do it i thought it was like karaoke oh right like i thought it was just a thing that regular people did no definitely not yeah yeah i know right so i had had (laughs) no idea what it was so again, I treated it like karaoke though. So like every once in a while, in between like dropping off or picking up, you know, re up or whatever, I would stop at an open mic <laughs> and I would like make fun of whatever I was going through. And like I would always open though with the thing that I had gotten to laugh with, which was I'm just here to sell Coke. Right? And then you would actually sell Coke. Well, once in a while, I actually got in trouble with one dude later on who thought I was, but I wasn't, but I was just continuing the joke. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it was more so just I, I knew that that was funny because yeah. it didn't belong. Yeah. And so I started to just use it as a way to ease into stuff that you I... You throw away first line. Yeah. Yeah. Every comic should have at least five of those. At least five of those, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, until it becomes hacky. I think by year four of me still doing it, it felt hacky. I was yeah. like, So in between, I would do... Sp- uh, not spots. I would do open mics every once in a while. And then um, I was really just not doing anything with my life. And uh, I was living in like uh this dominican guy in the projects like back room at some point and just not doing shit Mm -hmm. and just feeling real gross and horrible and then um my friend diane diane wa really amazing photographer she actually took that photo um okay so naruda (laughs) has this photo that is his avid that's his avi for his facebook page your facebook is is your personal private facebook page yeah but it's not really that private it's public okay yeah. so if you go and search in a riddle, don't try to change this fucking I'm photo not. by the time this podcast comes out I'm it'll not. be out this week go to it and look at this photo i saw this photo and i literally thought that he had put his face on someone else's body <laughs> not to say that your body isn't that dope but i'm just saying that the art the the style of photo seems so old mm-hmm. and throwback the it seemed that, yeah. like a black and white prince like before he got the good perm. Ooh, nice. Like Thank back you. in the day, like controversy. I like prints. it. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. So I looked at it, I was like, who is this Playboy with this Naruto face on it? And you're like, no, that's me. That's me. It's like a Polaroid shot, right? No, yeah. it's not a Polaroid, it's but not it's, a Polaroid, but yeah, but it's that style. Yeah, the way she she eventually it's printed a strip. it. It's, yeah, a, it's a photo strip. From the film, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I she did a whole series of 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 basically now we call them joyful black men, but she did a whole series of like who she considered beautiful black men mm-hmm. in vulnerable positions, feeling sexual, feeling good. Um, 
So what was your what were you channeling in that photo? Because your shirt, he's at butt ass naked. Yeah, there was a whole series of nudes, and they were all at PS One. They were they were showing. So your dick was out in PS One. Yeah, it's been in magazines all over. Your dick has been in magazines. <laughs> My dick has been in a magazine, I believe. Yeah. Now I kind of want to see it just for the art value of it. Let me see. You got it in your phone. You reach for your phone because you uh, got your dick pic in the phone. Make sure it's the artistic one, not the fucking cheesy dick I'm pic that you took I'm going to show you the one week. I took this a couple minutes ago. I'm going to tell you the one. Yeah, yeah I want to see the artistic <laughs> yeah. one. Um, Pull it out. Let me see. It's on my thing. I'll show you this in a second. But let me finish this thing. <laughs> so Diane Waugh, who took that photo and did that photo series, a very talented photographer, she was working for the first Obama campaign in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Neruda, you gotta, you gotta get out of this thing that you, right. the cycle of, yeah. you know, you're doing. You're like, you know, and um, I really, I love her for that. And so she was like, come up here and volunteer for this guy, Barack Obama. I don't know if you heard about him. I was like, yeah, yeah, he was the black senator, and, mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, well, he's running for president. I was like, yeah, I heard that, but I didn't really. Was like, mm, I think y'all are wasting your fucking time. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I need to get the fuck away from, you know that whatever the fuck it is that i'm doing is not anything so i need to mm-hmm. get away from that so i went up there and um i eventually uh became like really gung-ho about it i don't know if you remember but like everybody started to get real gung-ho about yeah. you know a hope or belief or whatever it was yeah. and wearing the t-shirts and stickers barack, i got barack the vote barack the vote. yeah i got real i got i got brainwashed i i did what i tell everyone now not to do i put him on a pedestal he became my god and like but we made it we did yeah. it right and so then he calls the office right like he calls uh, our section and like he like reads off our names off of paper and thanks us and then i call my dad and my, you know, my dad had like a real like spiritual moment because i think my father and i like i don't think my father ever thought that that would happen right mm-hmm. so the night he gets elected uh my i call my dad after and i told him like yo i just he just spoke to me he just said my name he just thanked me and my dad knew that i'd been up there for the past couple months um and uh he was like really proud of me and we you know we uh, we shared a moment and then after that, we like go and there was like a celebration party in Philly. Um, and like, yeah, everyone's asking me like, what do you do? What do you do? And I couldn't be like, oh, well, I sell weed and sometimes Coke and. <laughs> Tell yeah, jokes, open mics. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I. And also in my head, I'm like thinking, well, what if this gets back to President Obama? Like, you know, <laughs> So I lied and I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. And, you know, I don't know, like a couple months later some people were in town in new york and they were like hey they hit me up on facebook and we're like hey we want to come see you perform we'll be in town for the next few days mm. and i had to like i booked like a new york comedy club bringer or something yeah and i put what i had been doing yeah not jokes but what i had been doing together and did it and uh, just kept doing it as much as possible so since. president our first black president barack obama made you a comedian yeah i guess you could say it in that way yeah yeah, yeah. and you've been going ever since mm-hmm Yep. How do you feel about everything? All the all the crazy stuff that got you to this point. How do you feel? This is from yoga. How do you feel about the now? How do I feel about the now? Ooh, a little tense. I mean, you were at the Harlem Comedy Festival last year. And yes, yes. Naruda launched the Harlem Comedy Festival that you did. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. And so now we're back at planning, and it's only getting bigger, right? Um, as it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that feels good. Like I was offered um, the to they they atta- they approached me attacked me. <laughs> they approached me to uh, host the sixth annual Harlem Arts Fe- Festival nice. because of that. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like yeah. Like I, I'm my brand is building. I feel 
not good. I mean, like, you know, uh, but I'm not like, I'm not feeling jealousy that I was in the first five. Yeah. Like in the first five, well, by year five, you know, I started with a bunch of people. And so by year five, they were all doing stuff, TV mm-hmm. stuff, all this stuff. And it felt, I definitely felt like, oh, I'm not doing, I don't know, you know, where yeah. I'm going with this, you know. Uh, I knew I was funny, but I didn't I didn't know how to make that jump. I still don't really. But um then creating your own content became a real thing. Yes. So then like doing festivals and seeing that there wasn't and doing improv at U C B and seeing that the lack of, of black people on these bigger stages Which con- which contributes to us not being to make in that the conversation. jump. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh well this is a way that I can um create a solution for mm-hmm. not only me but for this whole community of us. And um, so, yeah, so when you ask me how I feel about the present right now, it's tense because it's like, oh, I have to keep this fucking shit going now. Yeah. Right? You, you have something to live for. I got something I mean, to live for. you have a daughter, but other well, than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really, that's a really real adult uh, thought process. It's like, fuck, this thing is about to happen. I have to stay alive. Like, not to say that you would, like, give up and die, but it's like now you have something that you are solely accountable for, mm-hmm. and it hinges solely on you being able to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. 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 So when is the Harlem Comedy Festival coming back? Um, We're still going to do it. We're going to keep it the same uh, the last week of September, September 24th uh, through the 31st. This year we might add November 1st for, like, a special event. Mm-hmm. Um, How many shows? I think we're going to do one more show. Than, uh, well, no, one less show, actually. We're going to do 10 shows this, this year, mm-hmm. over seven days, eight days. So where can people find out more information about it? Uh, you can go to the, ha- the HarlemComedyFestival.com website. Okay. Neruda, what makes you a social misfit? Oh, because I'm, I'm an introvert that's down for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. Would you say, are you fearless? No, but I know how to conquer my fears. Got it. Like, I can control my fear. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely not fearless, no. And you bounce back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not have to get up with the day <laughs> I bounce back. No, I'm just saying, I asked if you were fearless because I feel like you have these things happen to you that might not be ideal. And you're just like, yeah, no, that's cool. Well, yeah, I mean, but this was a like a small conversation. <laughs> I mean, we didn't go into, you know, depression days and things of that nature. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean... I think that I'm, I'm, you know. Well, publicly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Publicly, you probably would never really know mm-hmm. something was going on with me. Um, so, yeah, I definitely keep a strong face. But uh, but you're at heart, you're an introvert. But at heart, I'm an introvert. At heart, I'm very, like, self-aware and, and self-conscious. And, um, and I hear it all and I take it all in. And I just try to... Um, I don't know. Like you said, like just after you face so much adversity, you're just like, you know what? It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're like your dad. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for saying <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. You know, you just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to have to take it. Take my hip, take my punches and yeah. keep rolling. Get stronger. Roll with them. Keep yeah. Going. yeah. Yeah. Or quit. And I just don't feel like quitting right now. Naruda, please let people know where they can follow you. Oh, uh, <laughs> you can follow me at uh, Blackjack Kerouac on Twitter. Um, uh, I used to be Neruda Care Bear on Facebook, but they took it from me. Um, uh, and I'm I am uh, Neruda Bear on Twitter. Also, I think that's my handle, and then my at Blackjack. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. 
and I'll then put, uh, I'll put all of this in the description thing. You definitely confused everybody I definitely did that um, and then you know you can just find Neruda N-E-R-U-D-A Williams on Facebook on YouTube all over and uh, yeah thank you Neruda thank you guys for listening it's been another episode of Social Misfit take care be safe peace